0: I would rather focus on Jesus here today. Uh, And being someone who likes to observe what's going on, I really am uh, in awe of what I see as a momentum that's occurring in the spirit in this city. And I don't know whether you're like me, but if you can sense something's happening... And I've spoken to a few other people as well. And and we're getting this understanding that God is on the move, but I would mark it with the word unusual. Things unusual are happening. Maybe it's um, someone tells you that they're going blind. And so you pray like Christine did, and then God heals that person. And you're able to thank God because he did something unusual and unexpected, but you had your eyes open for the unusual. Um, Some people are having dreams at the moment, unusual dreams, dreams that are either warnings or they're encouragement. And uh, I can think of one dream which talked about how this city has maybe a blanket over it and it's trying to smother. And this morning we spoke about the breath of God. But let's pray that the blanket is removed in the Holy Spirit through the name of Jesus and that life can be breathed onto and into the bones of people around us in this city. Um, There are certain blockages and um, things that are going on, but I believe that God has a remedy for all of those things. And I am super impressed because I started preparing this message eight weeks ago um, when Russ asked me, do you know how many nights there are between eight weeks ago and now and how many nights sleep you don't have when you've got to speak? But things like when Julie gets up and says, God 316, which is in my message, and speaks with the compassion of Jesus for... The people who are lost, that's a move of the Spirit. That's a move of the fruit of the Spirit. And there's a growing expectation that I have, and I hope that I can encourage you with this morning. There's a growing expectation that God is doing something, and He wants us to move into that same expectation. And I see that same expectation being given to the disciples. And so I followed that uh, expectation growth through the Gospel of John. And I want to share with you some of the things that I found that I think will help us. Um, we sit at a very important stage in the life of this church and in the, the movement of the Holy Spirit in this city. It's a path we can go from one side of the mountain or the other side. One side is to the way of natural Remedies, natural ways of thinking how to bring God to this uh, people. And the other side is to follow the Holy Spirit into the ways where God wants to touch people. And I think we've got a choice to make and we've got to be observant at the moment to know how to follow after the Holy Spirit. And Jesus did the same things with his disciples. If you've been watching any episodes of uh, The Chosen... You, if I saw one the other night and Jesus is saying to his guys, Right, well, it's time for you to go out and preach the kingdom. You know, I've got all the reasons why I can't go. But he's putting them in a place where he's asking them, Will you follow the same Holy Spirit that I've been following so that you can go and do the same things that I've been doing? Let's go back and see where it starts. In John chapter 1. Jesus is coming towards John, who's been baptising. John, the weirdo, is a baptizer, he's a reformer, but he's a truth speaker, and he speaks to the, the society he lives in, and he speaks the truth whether you're um, the king of the country or you're just a person, a regular person, but he tells you the truth. And he says in John chapter 1 and verse 29, the next day Jesus saw Jesus... John saw Jesus coming towards him <laughs> and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel, therefore I came baptising with water. Underlined: baptising with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptise with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptises with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. John created an expectation from that time that when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person who was going to be Jesus, that this person would then go on and baptise people with the Holy Spirit. I want you to note that John baptised with water, but Jesus baptised with the Holy Spirit. Can I I go on to say, Jesus did not come to baptise you only with water. He did not come to just baptise you with water. He came to baptise you in the Holy Spirit. And it's a really important movement that Jesus is making as he takes his disciples on the journey towards a time when the church would be birthed and they would be left with just the Holy Spirit. I only have six points. And you should be out of here by about 11. uh, It's 11 now. (laughs) They don't start with P, they start with J. Jesus. Jesus' disciples are to be motion sensors. When I go to my daughter's place, she has these light sensors around the place. As soon as you walk on the property, a light is triggered. A motion sensor has a beam and when you break the beam, it triggers a response in the mechanism so that a light comes on or if you go to a supermarket, the door opens or something. It's a motion sensor. Jesus wants his disciples to be motion sensors of the Holy Spirit. If we look at uh, Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, the religious leader who was like a dean at the university, he was a teacher of teachers. He was religious, but he was open-hearted to what Jesus was doing. And we read in uh, John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb, or would want to, and be born? (laughs) Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. Mark this, so is everyone who is born of the spirit. The spirit is like a wind. We cannot see where he comes from or where he goes to, but his disciples... Emotion sensors. We detect the movement of the Holy Spirit. And we too, like the Holy Spirit, start to move with the Holy Spirit. And this is really important that we can do that. God wants to use us in the supernatural. To do that, we need to be able to be a motion sensor. What's the Holy Spirit doing here? What does the Holy Spirit want to do here? Can I sense what the Holy Spirit wants to do? In your workplace, in your school, in your home, is there anything that God is doing that's supernatural, that's not normal, that's unusual? He wants you to be a motion sensor and and follow the Holy Spirit. The third point is that Jesus wants his disciples to be new temples of the Holy Spirit. This is the context of a conversation Jesus had. Oh, did I tell you I was just going to concentrate on the Gospel of John? I did. Yeah, sorry. You figured it out. You figured it out. Okay. The second one was Jesus' um, there to be motion sensors. The first point, well, well, he was preparing them for that they are to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I didn't say one. (laughs) Resuming the telecast. Where was I up to? Oh, yeah. The the Samaritan woman. So Jesus has a conversation with a Samaritan woman who's a half-Jew in another piece of land that's not Jerusalem. And uh, she's religious, but she's a woman who's had five husbands. And so, therefore, she's been socially separated from the rest of the community because she's one of those women. And she comes in the middle of the day to get her water because nobody wants to see her during the normal times of getting water in the cool of the day, in the morning or the end. And she comes and she meets Jesus. And Jesus says to her in John 4, verse 21, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That's a really famous scripture, that God is spirit, and that we're worshipping Him. Worship him in spirit and truth. But it's so important for this group of followers that they move from an expectation of going to a temple, to a place, to an event, to worship which is external, which is something they do after they observe a whole lot of rules. And Jesus moves it. It's a worship is an internal thing where the Holy Spirit comes within. And we can have continuous worship why is that important? Because buildings don't do miracles. People do. Jesus wasn't asking the temple to heal people, he was asking his followers I want you to do something. I want you to go to this person and I want you to heal them in Jesus' name. I want you to deliver this person from demons. I want you to cure a disease. I want you to set them free from the bondages that they live under. Buildings don't do that. You do that. You do that through the Holy Spirit. Because I carry the presence. The presence is in me. So it's not what I do, but I am. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says that, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? It is a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now that we've received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit is from God, that we know the things that we've been freely given or freely given to us. This morning's prayer time, David prayed a whole lot of things uh, that um, God had given us. Things like love, forgiveness, the ability to forgive, security, peace, a future, eternity, wisdom, truth. Lots of blessings, lots of blessings. And when we have the spirit of God within us, we get to recognise how much God has done for us. When I was preparing this, God whispered into my ear, The natural man. And so I'm going to read the passage out that I believe God has specifically said that I need to highlight. And that I want to ask that you receive that from the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the mat- natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he judge them, oh sorry, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. As we move on in this path of seeing the Holy Spirit move in our community, in this city, in our lives, we need to know the mind of Christ. And if you're a person who's saying, This is foolish, this is, I don't get this at all. Um, There's a lot of emphasis in this church on the spirit and and Jesus. I don't get it. Then I would implore you on Christ's behalf, don't stay a natural man or woman. Receive him. Like Julie said with such heart and compassion this morning, God loves. Don't stay a natural person. Become a spiritually discerning person. Move in your heart to feel God, to sense him, to know Jesus, to understand what he's trying to say. Um, uh, we'll We'll come more to that in a moment. Point number four for those who are following Jesus. just started with Jay. Jesus' disciples need the spirit to help them choose the level of commitment to the natural life or the spiritually discerned life. Sort of a little bit similar to the last uh, scripture, but it, this one is from John 6. And when we read this, the point that I get is that Jesus saved all who came to him, but he did not disciple all who wanted to follow in the crowd. He made the crowd choose him. Okay? So he saves everyone, but you choose your level of commitment. John 6, verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. If you get confused about this little passage, that's okay. Everybody else is as well. And are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. These things he spoke to them in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples heard this. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Now, just putting a little um, parenthesis in here Jesus told his disciples that he would speak in parables. And for most people, they would be happy to hear the parable. But he asked his disciples to discern the kingdom of God principle from the parable. So God would be asking us as followers, what are you trying to say here? When Jesus, in verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by my Father. From that time many of the disciples went back And walked with him no more. Then Jesus turned to his twelve. Do you also want to go away? Their choice. Their option. We know that they went on. But the point is, and it comes from verse 63, that we draw life from the Spirit and from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, not from feeding our flesh. There is no life in it. If we try to follow Jesus without the Spirit feeding our souls, we might even get offended, verse 61. We will be tempted to live at parable level and, bl- and blend our flesh life with our spiritual life. My encouragement to you, if it's too hard and it doesn't make sense, then pray that God will open up your mind to what he's trying to say through the Spirit of God, and also read the Scriptures because Jesus said his words and the Spirit's words bring the life. Sometimes things... I don't know if you've ever had a stage in your Christian life where you just said, it's too hard. I just don't think I can do it. I don't think I can observe and obey and keep it all in check. And not fail and not sin and all that sort of stuff. The remedy, as I said, is to seek the words of Jesus. The grace will flow. And you'll be able to live under the grace that Jesus gives us to live life to the full. Number five. We see in John chapter 1, Jesus says to them, that he would baptise them with the Spirit. But in John chapter 7, he says that they would actually then go on to overflow with the Spirit of God. John 7, verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out in a loud voice, saying, "'If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. "'He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, "'out of his heart will flow rivers of living water.'" But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Who knows that being baptized in the Spirit is for us, but overflowing with the Holy Spirit is for others? And that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to not only have the Holy Spirit, we're meant to overflow with the Holy Spirit. And so when we offer times of prayer and and encouragement to pray, when we offer the opportunity for ministry and the opportunity to stand next to someone and say, can I pray with you, what we're trying to do is encourage you to overflow with the Holy Spirit because we're asking for a download of more of God, more of Jesus' authority, more of Jesus' life, more of everything of him so that we can overflow in the community that we live in. So that we're actually touching the community with something real. That's the spiritual life of God. Number six. And then you can go and have donuts. Oh, I didn't buy any. (laughs) I created an expectation. And then I dashed it. Number six. Jesus' disciples bear fruit. From Jesus, we know the verse in John chapter fifteen, verse five, that if we're connected to the vine, if we're connected to Jesus, the life of Jesus that's drawn from the Father through the Holy Spirit comes in through our bodies and manifests in our life in a fruit, fruit that other people can see, fruit that can be held, can be observed. In verse 26, it says, uh, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. We get to bear witness. We don't bear witness for an identity we bear witness from an identity. I was, is my testimony. I did sin and I had no future and I knew my life needed something and someone. But God, who demonstrates his own love for us in this, sent his own son in a human body just like ours, but without sin and died for us. So now we can live in the Holy Spirit. We can live through the Holy Spirit. That's Romans chapter 8. I have a testimony because I have a before. I have a how. But God, I've got something to share and then I overflow with that to other people. Our testimony is a very strong way of bearing witness. And also in the context of identity, Verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he may give you. I found this verse in the middle of this John 15 passage, and I'm thinking, why is there a connection between having a fruit that abides... And prayer. For the fruit that remains, we can ask the Father and expect to receive. And what I understood was, the fruit that comes through causes prayer. The fruit of the Spirit in my life, the fruit that's observed by others, causes prayer. One leads to the other. So I don't have to create a prayer life. The prayer life I have is begotten from the fruit of the Spirit. We don't pray for for fruit. We pray from fruit. Okay? If we look at that passage that Russ has been focused on over the last few weeks in Galatians chapter 5, love is a fruit of the Spirit. And when I'm praying... The fruit of love informs me how to pray. When I look at joy, joy strengthens me to continue in prayer. The the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord causes me to pray. The joy of the Lord gives me joy to pray for other people to receive God. Peace. Peace. Peace, peace guards my heart from becoming anxious about my prayers. The peace, don't be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all our human understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ. Peace as a fruit of the Spirit guards us. It helps us from becoming anxious. Long-suffering helps us. The fruit of long-suffering helps us to prevail in prayer. Uh, when someone comes with a need, when you're feeling, uh, seeing something in front of you and you, um, something moves in your spirit, you know that you need to prevail in prayer for that person. That's the Holy Spirit saying it's time for you to be long-suffering in prayer. The kindness of God, the kindness of the Spirit, helps us to know what to pray for. Lord, what should I want? Well, what's kind? What's kind in this situation? That will help you know how to pray. What about goodness? Goodness helps us to know what people need. The same sort of thing. God, I sense that this person needs something. What do you want for them? Let the goodness of the fruit of the Spirit touch your heart and give you what to is needed there. Faithfulness, that's about how long to pray for. How long to keep praying. I'm faithful to you and I'm going to keep praying for you. Um, And self-control, that's when to pray. Uh, When I'm in control, when I'm in control, um, prayer doesn't seem to be as important. When I'm out of control but in The Holy Spirit, self-control. Does that make sense? When I'm in self-control from the Holy Spirit, I know when to pray. I know when to pray. So, how do you want to pray today? Do you want to be? Do you want to pray to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? Do you want to pray that you'll be more sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit? So that you can register where he's going and what he's doing. Is that what your prayer might be? Do you want to pray that you'll become a clean temple of the Holy Spirit? For Jesus to abide in? Do you want to pray that you'll be able to do miracles in Jesus' name? Do you want to be filled to overflowing so that that becomes a natural part of life? I, I also, in that, find not only does it come with desire... But preparation. And so, getting good teaching in an area of the supernatural really helps you to feel a lot more confident to to go out and do something that's a bit unusual. So, if there's a group that says, Well, we're going to start um, reaching out in evangelism, well, I'd really like to grow in that. So, not only do I have desire, but I actually have training or equipping or some strengthening or some encouragement. Um, and when uh, Johan and Fiona do the Activate course that's a very good way of becoming equipped so that you can recognise and put this week by week into different ways of going in the power and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit how do you want to pray? do you want to receive Jesus for the first time that you don't stay a natural man but you say I've had enough of being natural it's about time I learned how to walk with God. I know he's been surrounding me. I know he's been speaking to me. I need a way to know how to walk. or I need to know him. I, I just want to get rid of guilt and shame. I want to come into the knowledge of Jesus. And, and if you do, I really want to talk to you. I really want to talk to you at the end of this service to bring you into that relationship that will change your life forever. It will be the best decision of your life. And everybody in the church here said, "Amen." Um, why don't we well <laughs> throughout the preparation and throughout my time, I've been asking God, how do you want to finish this? How do you want to end? I can't do what Paul did last week because the Holy Spirit was using Paul in a particular way. But let's stand and let's ask God, how does he want us to pray? I'm going to lead us in a prayer, but I want you to ask God your own way. Lord God, how do you want me to pray going forward? This is a time where we can go one of two ways. We can go and do the traditional things we've always done or we can move into a way of walking with the Holy Spirit and seeing a new future and a new way of going. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit for your presence and anointing. Thank you for all the things you've done this morning. Thank you that we've been able to highlight the life of our Saviour. We've been able to stay in your presence and meditate upon you. We've been able to observe the way your love works and uh, feel your presence and say that that's enough. We really enjoy that so much. We just like dwelling in your presence. But Father, we know that you don't want us to just stay in a holy huddle in church. You want us to be people who overflow into the community, to overflow and to change what's going on around us. Father, I pray about the blanket that's over this city that tries to steal away your word that tries to make truth relative that tries to turn things away from the absolute truth which is Jesus Christ and him crucified and what that means for us as a group of people that you have ultimate truth you have all the truth you have wisdom you have knowledge and father we want to pray that we would people be people who would walk in your ways Father, how do you want us to pray this morning? Do you want us to be baptised with more of the Holy Spirit? Do you want us to overflow? Do you want us to be more sensitive to you? Do you want us to clean up something? Do you want us to do miracles? Are you touching someone's life here this morning, Father, about a miracle? About a bond that needs to be broken? about salvation that needs to come for you or someone close to you? Do you need to pray that the person that is still in your family or in your life that hasn't changed, that today you would pray that there would be a change in their life because they get touched by the Holy Spirit in an unusual way? Father, we pray that we can be long-suffering in prayer and knowing how to pray. We want to be people who follow you, Lord Jesus. We do want to be people who follow you. We want to walk in your ways. We want to know the glory of being in your presence and the joy and the love and the peace and the kindness and the goodness that you have for us. Thank you for your your way of reaching us through your son, Jesus. And we give him all the honour here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.